Hey, I am really excited about this morning, and we're recording. I imagine Marissa's so good. She's there faithfully every week and gets our recordings done, and Brian puts them online for us, and things are going. In fact, in we're a, we're a small church. 80% of the churches in America are under 200. In, in fact, it's I think it's 80% or about under 100. Um, and uh, so we're, a, we're a kind of a standard small church. We probably have eight, about 80 in here today. On any given month, in any given month, there are 40 different people from this church that serve in this church. That is amazing. When I counted them last night, and I think I got you all from people who uh, bring the snack, which I love. Fellowship is good. People who, who set those things up, teaching nursery or kid zone, taking care of widows and people in need, um, working on the building, working with youth, uh, you know, all, all the children's ministries. We have um, prayer chain. I didn't write all these things down, so I, mean, I left them upstairs. But 40 people in any, any given month are, are serving, Whether and, and a number of you, a number of you serve and two, three ministries in the church. More ministries, our hearts are stirring up and we're going to be starting some other things. This morning, this is what we're going to be talking about is what God is doing. i wait a little bit. Um, we're, we're praying and looking at wanting to start a, a grief ministry. Somebody's got a heart to help people walk through the difficult times. Grief is... Grief is, is, is something that many of us face in different stages of life, and so we're praying about that and working at that. We're, um, we're just about ready to start a, I don't know what we'll call it, you know, a young adults, you know, kind of 20 to 30-ish age group. Um, you know, I think they're all going to be single. They're going to get together and begin to, to have a life group together. I'm, I just a lot of things are happening, and it's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. There's a lot of needs and we want to be a church that can meet the needs. This morning, um, we're, we're going to end with something you know, kind of special. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. And so, but but I, I, I was really praying, God, what do you want to do? We are not in the book of Acts today. <laughs> yeah, you thank God, right? No, just kidding. You know, we're we're, we're going to, just, I just wanted to share, in fact, my notes are, you know, some, Fiona comes up and asks for me my, my notes every week. Don't bother. They're just, they're, you know, they're just kind of hodgepodge. I just wrote some things down. Um, I want to share about who we are as a congregation, where we're coming, where we're going. And because God has got a plan for us, specifically for this congregation. This, we celebrated our 50th anniversary last year. God's got a purpose for us, and he is not done, and I'm really excited about what's going on. But he also has a purpose for the body of Christ in general. And, and his, his main purpose is that we, the, the lost would be saved. The Great Commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize. That's what God's purpose is for this world. In fact, gee, my, mine's not on, so thank you all. It's a great time to turn that off now. Huh? There we go. Um, that's Okay. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about this nation and where it's going. It's a big, big conversation. Um, 
you know, this nation has always needed Jesus, and it still does. But there, this nation is predominantly Christian. I want to give you some statistics from a 2000, 2014 uh, quite in-depth um, research. I think it was the Pew Research Institute. 70.6% of Americans claim to be Christian. 70.6% claim to be Christian. It dropped nearly 8% from 2010. So Christianity in this, sta- in this country is not on the rise, it's on the decline. Um, unaffiliated, which is atheist, agnostic, and nothing in particular, is the one group that rose almost 7%. Non-Christian faiths also rose from 4.7% to 5.9%, 1.2%. So, so, but we are still 70% predominantly Christian. Well, I think we'd all say, yeah, well, that's a term, there's a label on people that they'd say they would, they would identify with Christianity, but maybe wouldn't find themselves in church, maybe aren't following the Lord, whether they're saved or not. It's not ours to judge, but, but that number might, might be a little skewed high. But that means at least 30% of this population doesn't know Jesus. So that's a, that's a good place to start. On any given Sunday in Big Bear, there's... 1,500 to 2,000 people in evangelical churches in Big Bear. 2,000 would be pretty high. It's probably closer to 1,500 um, on any given Sunday. In Big Bear City, there's about 12 to 13,000 residents. Big Bear Lake is under, just under 6,000 residents, and Sugarloaf has it a couple thousand more, which puts our valley at around 20,000 people. When we go back to the Pew Research, they say that about... 26%, 25% are evangelical Christians. Uh, 46 are Protestant, you know, 14. So out of that Protestant, you have 25 evangelical, 14 mainline. And uh, anyway, so, so there's just kind of percentages. So what does all that mean? Well, that if, if, if that's true for Big Bear, 25% of 20,000 people believe that they are evangelical Christians. Anyone good at math? How many is that? 5,000, right? 25% of 20,000 is 5,000 people. And on any given Sunday, there might be 1,500 to 2,000 in church. So even a lot of the evangelicals, they're not in church. And there's a whole bunch of people that aren't out of 20,000 people. If you, if you add the Catholics, and I, I, Catholics are Christians. I was just talking about evangelicals. If you add the Catholic church in there, we might have 2,500 to 3,000 people in church on a Sunday. Does that sound right, Bobby? You've kind of looked into this stuff. That means that on any given Sunday, there's about 17,000 people that are staying home in our valley. Hey, they need Jesus. No, I'm not saying everyone who stays home is not a Christian. I'm not saying that at all. But Christ's idea for us is that we would live in a community and live together, and he has purposes for us to live. And so God has put us here. Who are we as Big Bear Christian Center? Fifty years of history. Um, four pastors. That's pretty good for a, for a church. Four senior pastors over a 50-year period of time. Obviously, I'm the fourth one. We'll see how long I last. 
we've been called, well, our, our nickname, Big Bear Christian Center, our, our nickname, our, our other name is Lighthouse on the Mountain. A number of you have come recently to tell me, please don't change that. I love the lighthouse thing. Love the lighthouse thing. Um, we're shining a light in the darkness. That's, that's, that's one of the things we've said. You know, shining the light in the darkness or shining the light. So we're a, li- we're a lighthouse. We've also actually had uh, prophetic words, words from people who actually came to visit the, the, this church many times, walked in and said, this place is a hospital. It's a hospital. In fact, one of the times that was said, we had just built this sanctuary, the 1989, this, and, I, and I've been here since 1985. We built this, this uh, sanctuary in, in 1989. And the whole building, this and the whole building got painted white. And somebody from, I think it was down the hill at a meeting, said, you know, your church is just a hospital. Yeah, man, we've got white walls. We should be a hospital. <laughs> Maybe lime green would be better. An old hospital. So we, we are uh, a lighthouse on the mountain. We're a hospital. We want to shine the light in the darkness. A word that God gave me, I believe for us, is that we want to ourselves draw one step closer to Jesus and help other people draw one step closer to Jesus. In fact, I think that should be every Christian's desire is that they help people draw closer to Jesus. Definitely not that they make people go further away from Jesus. And I won't point any fingers. No, I'm just kidding. So that's, that's one of the things that we are, that we've been called to. This church has been known for its worship. People come here and they go, man, this is a church that you love to worship. And, and, and we do. We, we want to worship God. It's also been said that, that we're very friendly and welcoming and loving and accepting. Praise the Lord. We need to be that. You know, we need to accept people. We need to love people. God accepted us just as we were. Now, the other part is, is we want to accept people, but we want to be like God. You know, God accepts you just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. Right? Imagine a hospital that people come into and they're all bloody and wounded and they got diseases and things are hanging off of their heads and just, I mean, right? And they just go in and they're not afraid to touch them. And I tell you, there's some, there's some sicknesses and wounds and things that if you saw, we've got some firefighters in here. I'm sure they could tell us some stories about things that they've seen on, the, you know, on some of these sites and, and where you'd go, woo, I don't know if I want to touch you. you know, but it's good if you're, the hospital is not afraid to touch your wound and your disease, right? Do you want to go to a hospital that says, you know, I, I accept you just like that and we're not going to do anything to get you better? What kind of a hospital is that? See, we're called to be a hospital, but that means that people should be getting better. We shouldn't be the same broken, messed up people that we were 20 years ago. In fact, not only are there patients in hospitals, there's doctors and nurses. And so if if God is calling us to be a hospital, we need to make sure that we are helping people to get whole, healthy, and that, that there's people who will stay here and say, you know, I, I came in and I wasn't very healthy, but now I want to be a doctor and I want to bring health to other people. God's got a plan. And it's to, for us to be at this east side of the valley, right in this amazing area of Irwin Lake and Shea Meadows, to, to be a, a witness and a light and to bring healing 
See, health should be our goal as a church, as individuals, is to help people get whole and healthy. You know, not just to, to get saved, not just to get fire insurance, but to actually, as, as I read the scripture, John 10.10, 10, to come and get life and life abundant. He wants to use you and use me to, to help people get healing. And I, and I tell you, there's something in the last number of years I have really realized, and I really don't want anyone to, to take this personally or offensive, but, and I don't just mean this group of people, I mean all of us. We're a whole bunch of broken, messed up people. I mean, the longer I'm alive, the more I realize everyone's crazy. See, people are starting to look around now at each other going, yeah. <laughs> and the craziest one's leading us. <laughs> we're broken. We're, we're misfits. You know, I mean, we could be that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing. We're on the island of misfit toys. <laughs> that explains us. But the question is, are we getting healthy? Are we getting healing? Are we growing? Is this church helping you to grow, not just feel loved and accepted? Because yes, you need to be loved and accepted, but we want to help you grow and get, get victory in your life. See, there's, there's, if you go to many churches, if you've been to many churches, I should say, you've realized that, that most churches have a flavor. You know, kind of like ice creams. You know, some people like mint and chip, you know, others Rocky Road. This church is, if you're coming here, you have to like ice cream with nuts. <laughs> but, but every church, every, every church has, a, has a kind of a flavor. And they have a focus. They also have a focus. And I think that's one of the problems in church is that they focus on one thing. We want to be a church of worship. We just want to be a worshiping church. A worshiping church is going to have words like, you know, praise and worship and intimacy with God. And, and, and those are great things. God wants us to be people who worship. But he's got more for us than just worship. Some, some churches are very evangelistic. And they're, they're, it, when you hear the pastor speak, and when you hear the people in the church, you'll hear things like dis, uh, salvation and baptism and preaching and, and witnessing and things like that. They want to help people get saved. And that's important. We're supposed to do that. Some churches, people come in and they have notebooks and pens because their pastor is a teacher. And everyone's about taking notes and learning. And that's important too. Some churches and groups, they just want to get together all the time and eat and laugh. And, and see, we talk about eating a lot here, so we're beginning to get our flavor maybe. But no, but they want to they just talk with people, and they want to kind of have a family reunion every week. Sometimes you've got to go where everybody knows your name. Can you tell? I'm a music guy. I like songs and ditties, and this is just who it is. And so, but, but so you come to church, and that's part of it. And that's important. In fact, let, let, I've gotten, gotten to four, four so far. Um, and if we go back and do it in, in, in order, worship. Is worship important? Oh, yes. G- 
God created us to worship him. Is preaching the gospel and getting people saved important? Yes, it's really important. That was the great commission to go and, and preach the gospel. Is, is teaching important? Yes, because we're supposed to grow up into maturity. In fact, in my, in my Bible reading this week, I, I came and, and read... Um, I think it was Colossians where Epaphras said that his, his desire and that his prayer was that the church would grow up into maturity and to all the things that God had for him. Um, it says, uh, he always prays for you that you will grow to be spiritually mature and have everything God wants for you. What a prayer. That's my prayer for you. That you'll grow to be spiritually mature and that you'll have everything that God wants for you. There, there's a disclaimer in that. Everything that God wants for you is not necessarily everything you want for you. You know, there's some things that you want for you that God says, not on my time clock. <laughs> but, but if you want to pursue that, he also does this. Have it your way. He does. He says that. He says, you know, if you, if that, if you want your things your way, you can have it that way. But he says, I've got a plan for you. And, and so I really, when I read that, I'm like, wow, that is my heart for you, is that, you'll, that you and me will grow up to be spiritually mature and have all the things that God has and wants for us. He wants things for us. And so growing to be spiritually mature, yeah, we should be those who are being taught and learning the Bible and doctrine and understanding why we believe what we are and growing to be spiritually mature. So that's important too. Is fellowship important? There are so many scriptures that talk about loving one another, praying for one another, exhorting one another, um, fellowshipping together. Yes, fellowship is important. God created us to be in a community of believers. God is, is uh, I believe God is against Lone Ranger Christianity. In fact, honestly, Christianity that's Lone Ranger is not Christianity. It's its own faith. Because Christianity, part of Christianity is that we are fellowshipping together. We're living life together. And so that's, that's also important. So we've covered the four. The la- an- another one, the last one I would say, is that, that God also desires that we would m- be, be in ministry, be ministers. Remember, a few weeks ago I talked about what, what that meant. It wasn't that we're supposed to be necessarily standing on a platform preaching, but ministry is service. We're supposed to see serving the world and one another. And God created all of us with special giftings and abilities. He put into us passions in our heart to, to serve him. I'm actually going to look at my notes now because there, there's, a, there's a scripture here that I want to find. Um, Ephesians 4.11 says that it God, God who gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, right? You have the fivefold ministry. For what? for the equipping of the saints for the works of ministry. So, so as a pastor, one of my objectives, one of my jobs, duties, is to help equip you so that you can do ministry. This is what we've gotten wrong for so many years is that there was a, a paid group of people that were supposed to be doing all the ministry. No, there's, we're all called to, to, to do ministry. We just all have different gifts. Um, I, I'm going to actually have us open the Bible now. In case you're wondering, we do that sometimes. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. This is, this is the word of God. We preach out of this. We believe that this is infallible. But 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says this. Are we there? Then I'm going to read it and you look it up later. For I wish 
that all men were even as I myself, but each one, say each one, has his own gift, says own gift, from God, one in this manner and another in that. Each one has his own gift. Now this would be a great place to turn to a neighbor and say, you have a gift. (laughs) Each of us has their own gift. Now there's a lot of gifts listed in the Bible which are great because they cover a lot of things. There's a lot of them, gifts that aren't mentioned in the Bible, like one of my gifts is sarcasm. God gave it to me, I took it. But, but he gives us our own gifts so that we can be his, be his ministers. Go with me, if you can make it fast enough, 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10. Let's go over to the right a few books. I'll give you a second to get there. So each and every one has a gift. Right there, some of you are like, I don't have any gifts. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't have anything. In. <sighs> you know what? You do. You do. You've got so many things that God put into you. He gave you your heart. He gave you circumstances to give you your abilities. He gives you spiritual gifts. See, uh, the things that he calls us to aren't just spiritual. They're, they're ba- they're, they come out of um, what, what's your heart. You know, he put things in your heart. He gives you abilities. He gives you a personality. I mean, you know, look around the room. We have different personalities. God gave you that personality. and He'll use that personality for, you, for his, his good in ministry if you'll submit it to him. 1 Peter 4.10 says of this. So I gave you enough time to get there. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So a minute ago we found out that everyone has a gift. Now we're finding out that you're supposed to use your gift to minister to one another. So that's in a sense the fifth thing that God is calling all churches, I believe, to do. Not just be focused on one thing. Well, we just like to worship. Well, you know, God, God is much more balanced than that. And I'll tell you, I, I kind of confess, and I don't know how I, can, how I can do this quickly, but there's been times I feel like I've been schizophrenic as a pastor. Honestly. You know, it, 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 you know coming, coming before a, a congregation and bringing a, a word from God every week is, is challenging. And to, to, to take us into the fullness of what God has for us. And I go back and I'm like, wow, there's been times that I really, I mean, I focused on, on worship and then all of a sudden I stopped. And then I'm like, well, now I think we should be, you know, really reaching the lost. And I've been like, what am I, am I schizophrenic? Do, don't we have a purpose? People come up and say, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's your vision? And I'm like, to, to draw closer to Jesus and to do what he wants us to do. What do you want me to do and be more specific than that? And I, but I, always, I felt bad as a pastor. I'm like, I don't know. We don't have a catchy phrase. I mean, that's the catchiest phrase we have. One step closer to Jesus. It's so catchy that other churches have stolen it from me. <laughs> they have. They even told me, says, I'm stealing that. That's really good. So you should know that's really good. Drawing one step closer to Jesus. They go, well, that's just kind of generic. You know, God wants us to be full. He wants us to be balanced. Better than Fox News. He really wants us to be balanced. You know what? He wants us to, he wants us to, to reach the lost and to love one another and to be worshipers. He wants us to be doing all of these things. So that's who we are. And that, that, that's why, what we're going to try to continue to do is to help all of us grow to maturity, which is being, a, being 
full of all of these things. Because if, if you don't have a worship life with God, you're missing something in your walk. Now, it might not look like the way I worship or, or the way Felicia worships or someone else. It might, might, it's going to look very different. But you need to be a worshiper of God. Where you get, a, you, maybe you get alone with him and you do it in, in congregation, where you're pouring your heart out and you're talking to him and telling him you love him. You know, it's like that old, old, you know, little cartoon thing you see, you know, in the whatever, and it says uh, old, uh, husband and wife, and they're getting up in their age, and, and, sh- and she says, honey, you don't, you don't tell me you love me. And he says, I told you I loved you 50 years ago when we got married. <laughs> if anything changes, I'll let you know. That's not what God wants. That's not what our wives want from us. That's not what God wants from us. He wants us to tell Him that we love Him. He wants us to be worshipers. When we worship God, we're telling Him how worthy He is and how much we need Him and love Him. And it shouldn't only be happening on a Sunday. So we need to grow in that. We also need to be growing and sharing our faith. Hey, praise God, there's less open seats this week than there were last week. But there's still some open seats. That means there's... Room for, room for growth. And we're only meeting once. We could have two services or three services on a Sunday morning. Hey, people need to hear about Jesus. We need to reach them. And we need to give them the, the, the whole full gospel. And so, so over this next, um, you know, we're just going to continue to move on and, and become uh, working on all of these things. We want to we become um, stronger personally through our worship. We want to become warmer in our fellowship. You know, fellowship, it, it brings us together. We want to grow deeper into God and discipleship. We want to learn more. We want to become disciples. In fact, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment sums up all five of these things. It's very, very, very simple. It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son. It also says the Great, co- the great Commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you go and and you look at those in Matthew and in Mark, you'll find out that it's all there. It's even in color. (laughs) Therefore, go evangelism. Make disciples, discipleship. Baptizing them. You know, one of the things that baptism is, is a sign to others that you are part of Christianity. You're recognizing yourself as part of the fellowship of the understanding of this fellowship. Mark 12, it says, love the Lord your God. Love God, that's worship. Loving God is worship. However it looks for you, love him. Serve him, love him. And love your neighbor as yourself. There's your ministry. Minister to your neighbor, minister to the people. So we're going to continue to grow in those things. God has placed us here to reach the lost and disciple the saved, to grow one step closer to Jesus. And doggone it, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to grow. If, if, if you're visiting today and you're looking for just a place that's not going to demand anything of you, well, we're not going to demand anything of you, but you might get uncomfortable because we're going to talk about growing in Him. We're going to give you opportunities outside of a Sunday morning to, to grow and learn in the Word. And we're going to be looking for opportunities to, to, to encourage and help us to grow in, in evangelism. We have life groups. Life groups are so important. In our life groups, every one of our life groups is going to be working at these five things too. 
because we don't want to just have study groups and we don't want to just have worship groups. We want to have groups of Christians that are doing all of these things because that's what God is calling us to do. He wants us to be Christian through and through and not just have all these bents. Now, now, you personally will have a gift. You might be an evangelist. So out of your mouth is going to come a lot of stuff about evangelism because God's called you to be an evangelist. That's awesome. We're going to help you to, 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 to learn how to worship God and do some of these other things as well. This is where we're going. This is who we are. And I'm excited. I'm excited. One of the ways that we want to, what we've been doing is, is working, reaching out to our community is through our children's ministry. That's a, you know, you've seen churches, they have bents even in that. And some are, you know, children. But uh, there was a study that says out of... Um, in 2005, a, a large study says only 13% of churches listed minister to children in their top three priorities. Did you know that more than 80% of believers today, that they're believers today, got saved before they were 18 years old? In fact, most of them are between 4 and 14, the majority. Come to Christ between 4 and 14. Did you know that, that uh, according to Barna, who's, who's a, a researcher, he says that the belief system that you have by the age of 13 predominantly will your, be your belief system when you die. Very few people change. Their belief system is locked in pretty darn tight. Kids' ministry is important. Kids' ministry is not just babysitting. It's so much more. God saves everyone regardless of their age. And he also gives the Holy Spirit to our kids just as like to the adults. There's no junior Holy Spirit. So one thing we're really working at, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things we, we're really working at is, is reaching to our, we want to minister uh, more effectively to our children and to our youth. Our youth are coming from broken homes. If, if you spend any time with young people, I mean, there is so much brokenness. I was just having this conversation the other day with, with in my life group, actually. And we were talk- they were talking back when, uh, when some of the people were younger um, in their, in, when they were in school. And they said, you know, I remember being in like fourth, fifth grade, and there was one person in our class who had been divorced. And we said, what's it like to go to your dad's house on the weekend? And it was, a, it was really big. This was like in the 60s. And some of you remember back, going, yeah, I remember that. If one or two people maybe in a class came from a broken home. The same person was in a classroom setting recently, and there was only one family in the classroom that wasn't from a divorced family. We know that divorce causes a lot of brokenness in kids. It's coming out, and, and, by, by, and if these people are not uh, in a godly place growing up, man, and their teenagers are really rough, and so we're really ministering to our teens. We're, now, that's, we, I could not say what is our primary focus because cause we're not going to have a focus like that for our church. But I'll tell you, there's a few people in this church that are focused in their ministry. And hopefully you are too. One of the things we want to help you do is find out God, what God is calling you to be so you can be focused. Brian Taylor, who's been our missionary to Guatemala for the last number of years, if you've seen him work with kids, it's like he's like a kid magnet. I mean, it's just funny. I mean, they just, 
they run to him, they climb on him, you know, they just yell out his name. The kids, they just, they, they really are, are liking Brian. I was, I've been watching this going, man, we're about to send this kid back to Guatemala. And I says, no, we're not. <laughs> so I asked him to stay. Aww. Brian Taylor. Brian Taylor is, is becoming our um, children's minister at the church. And so everyone who's serving there is going to continue to serve, but he's going to be serving there twice a week, and we're going to be working really close to help these kids develop these same five things, that they're going to grow in the word, that they're going to understand worship. And, and so we're going to be working. He's been working really hard with these, these kids and, and, um, to, to do that over this course. And we don't know how, how long because he's got a heart still for missions. And so, but he really prayed a lot. He prayed about it and he felt like this is what God wanted to do even in his personal life to help him to grow, grow some more. So in that, if you're, you know, here's the thing. We don't have a salary. We just asked him, stay, we're going to give him $300 a month, right? And so he's going to be doing other things. If you've been supporting him as a missionary, I just encourage you keep doing it because he's just a missionary here and, and, and do that. You know, some of you are giving, you know, 10 or $25 a month. You can keep, keep doing that if, that if you could do that. Um, go ahead and come on up, Brian. And so, so we're going to, um, that's what's going to be happening with him. I'm really excited. Thank you. Woo. Um, and so, you know, and, and Shannon, Shannon has been leading our, our kids ministry. Um, and so she's going to be working hand in hand with, with Brian for a while as they do the transition. And then she'll be the one that if he has questions, he's going to go to, we're going to reach out to the kids at the same time. Look at what God did. He gave us a van so that we can begin to go pick up kids on a Sunday morning and, and make his life even more fun. (laughs) You know, on, on some Sundays they have 15, 17 kids next door. And there's only one teacher, typically. And so we're going to bring in 10 more out of the van, and this is going to be really fun. <laughs> Anyways, but um, so, so maybe your job could be that maybe one of the things you could do is say, I don't know what I can do, but I know how to drive. Maybe you could come and drive our van and go pick up kids and adults. You know, if there's some adults that are shut-ins and they need to come, you know, we'll, we can do a run. Maybe we can even do two. So that's going to be happening in ministry. Also, uh, you know, the, the other thing is we've been really focusing in on, on our youth ministry. And Jesse um, was part of the, the team of doing youth ministry. And then uh, Kaja and Zane moved away. And then she became it. And she's really, really stepped up. I'm very emotional. <laughs> I'm so blessed. Um, you know, she's just pouring her heart out to these, to these young kids. And it's really, it's really different. This, in fact, this year, this happens in youth ministry, if you've ever watched it. Every couple of years, your group is just like changes. And it just changed again recently, so we have a lot of younger people, um, junior high, freshman, sophomore, a couple, a couple older kids, and and it's just a, it's a wonderful group of kids that we have, and so she is our our and she has been our youth minister. Um, we're also going to be giving her a little bit of stipend so she can focus some time and do meet with the kids and do all those things. In addition, go ahead and come on up, Jesse. Both, um, <laughs> both. And I love these guys so much. We meet all the time. And um, both, both Brian and Jesse are wanting to pursue um, credentialing, and, and, and they, they just they have a heart. And so we're, we're going to be working with them to help them um, get their ministerial license and their ordination. But at the beginning, what, we, what we're doing today, 
is we're giving them a certificate of ministry. And I'm going to ask the uh, elders, Joe and Linda, to come up. And um, we're going to pray for them. And, but uh, um, the, both of them were, were giving Christians uh, worker certificates today, um, just launching them into the ministry that God has for them. And they're going to continue to grow and learn as we go into this process. Shannon would be here, but my daughter Madeline last night at 1.30 decided that she wanted to throw up eight times. It's a long, long night. Um, and so she would be here too. But uh, so both of them are receiving a, a, um, a Christian's worker certificate. And it, it says, um, uh, it says, Jesse Remington Rogers <laughs> is vested with authority to preach the gospel, make disciples, serve in youth ministry, bring counsel and compassion to the body of Christ, and is recognized as a minister in training under the direct supervision of this council. And so we're going to give this to her. <laughs> and, and and Brian's we've been working with him in fact actually he got this did we do you have this framed or anything yet did we give you the official copy of this I think I have the card. okay so so this is the official thing um, when he was on the mission field is uh, Brian Robert Taylor is vested with authority to preach the gospel make disciples serve in missions bring counsel and compassion to the body of Christ and is recognized as a minister and training under the direct supervision of this council so all right, all right, so we can frame those. I want everyone to have some type of certificate. And not, not that certificates are important. What I want is that you would find your place in ministry and you would just be, your heart would be there and say, I want to do it. We'll just lay hands on you and pray for you and say, go get them. Go get them. Let's, let's help you to grow in ministry. And so because the lost need to be saved and the saved need to be discipled and we need to reach reach this community so we're gonna we're gonna just get, let's get these guys to, together and pray and um if there's anyone else who wants to come and pray we're gonna we're gonna launch them and, and bring them into ministry even though see they've already been doing it see they've they've been doing it and that's why we're doing this we don't give you a certificate so you can do something we, we we're giving them a certificate because they're doing something you can see the difference you know, some people go, oh, I want a certificate so I can go do that. No, go do that. And then if, and if God's got a calling on your life, we'll give you a certificate and just say that we, we notice what God's doing in your life. And we notice what God's doing in your life. Yes. Thank you. Let's pray. Okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you care about our children. Thank you that you have gifted this body with, with Jesse and with Brian. Lord, we just launch them into ministry. Thank you, Jesus. We ask that we would be good support to them as a body, that we would be there for their needs. Yes, God. And Lord, we thank you for your anointing that's already on them. We're just yes, recognizing it. We ask for increased anointing and wisdom and knowledge and just the strength to go about the tasks that they have in front of them. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you for anointing these two with uh, your gifts of teaching and mm-hmm. gifts of taking care of the youth. Lord, we'd ask that you would just increase their favor with the, with not only the parents, but with the kids, and guide them through this time. Bring workers in to help them, bring people to support them in driving them, uh, chaperoning them. Just guide them through this time of working with the youth. Father, we, we uh, continue to uh, anoint them. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, to be in and upon both Brian and Jesse, God. Anointed for the work that you have for them, God. 
God, the, as they would teach, Lord, there would be power in their teaching and preaching, God, that there would be an anointing, God, that would um, break the yokes of bondage in the children's lives, God, that we would see uh, young people uh, turn their lives in the, over to Christ, God, and begin to, to be established and discipled, Father, that we wouldn't see the numbers uh, fall away, that, uh, that, that young, young people are falling away from the church, but that they would fall, fall deeper in love with you, and they'd have such a strong foundation uh, going through their childhood and in their youth, God, that uh, it would last with them a lifetime, God. God, we thank you for those that are already serving alongside of them in youth and in kids' ministry. God, we pray for um, blessings upon them. And, Lord, for those that maybe are even sitting this morning who want to be, who, who are being called to be maybe with the kids or with the, the junior high or, or the senior high, God, um, that you would stir up hearts, Lord. Father, we just commit uh, Brian and, and Jesse into your service, God, into the kingdom, Father, and, and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.